0: Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays! This week we're talking about something that permeates all of our society in all kinds of ways you probably never realized. It's part of what took me far too long to untangle in figuring out I was transgender, and that's the false dichotomy. A, B, left, right, one, two, choose!
1: Sells in a beer that fits so free, and if it was worth it, well, you know, you can justify just about anything.
2: Fast and easy, but now the
0: bad, you can justify literally anything. Hi, I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token CIS representation, the thunder to my reign, Susan Bridges you're not rain i'm soft and soothing and you're loud and angry you're sunshine well okay
2: i'm definitely thunder though that's for
0: sure <laughs> well thunder and sunshine don't go that way well together right i suppose they do happen sometimes it's it, rare it but to,
2: it's fine okay we can do what we want
0: okay you're the thunder to my sunshine
2: there you go okay <laughs> Our returning
0: <gasps> guest is Mina Martinez Oldham. As library girl, Mina shares her love of bookish things, her hopefulness, and her life as a trans-Jewish Latina. She'll be leading the Wayward Children monthly read-along starting in May 2023. Yes. Welcome back, Mina. Hello. So I wanted to ask you, we didn't get into this in uh, the previous episode, but your love of libraries and books, I wanted you to talk about that a little. Where did Where did this come from?
1: my father was career navy and being a navy brat meant that we moved it meant also that as part of moving we didn't own a lot mm-hmm. because you know small military quarters and only having being able to each of us kids was only allotted a certain amount that we could take with us whenever we moved sure and i love books so that meant that i had to get familiar with libraries and there was always a comfort that i could go to any library in the united states and the dewey decimal system meant that the the books would be in the same section you know hmm. that yeah yeah so just that comfort of even a new library was a familiar space
0: yeah and I, I love the way you your love of libraries is so wholesome and it brings me so much joy. I mean, I love libraries too, but your love of libraries is much bigger than mine and your posts about them and your collection of library cards and everything. It's its just a wonderful, bright spot in the world. So I'm glad that you're sharing it with others.
1: Thank you. And and that is, that is part of my plan. I try to spread, spread joy and hopefulness on mm. the internet.
0: We definitely need a lot more of that. So, uh, for you, what has been the most surprising thing about transitioning?
1: The support and the kindness. After my head cracked, after I knew I was trans, yeah. but before I came out, I was preparing myself for the worst. And by the worst, I mean that I was aware that BIPOC trans women have the highest murder rate in the United States. And
0: yeah. I'm Latina.
1: So, um, I was signing myself up for um, a lot of risk there but however my experience has been filled with love including just to give an example my i have an aunt a very christian aunt who sent me a hanukkah card this year as Mina. and just the thought you know that that she would do that that she would both send something to me under my name yeah. And send a Hanukkah card was just shocking in a good way. But that's like one example of of a thousand just from unexpected places that people have been supportive to where I've had very little of what I was bracing myself for in with with family or friends or at work. I mean, of course, Twitter is a whole different thing. Yeah picture is uh, yeah uh, in last week's episode we kind of got into the harassment i get on twitter but yeah. yeah in general it's just been beautifully surprising all the support and kindness i've received
0: yeah you know like i love that that you got that card because uh what what a beautiful way just for her to say that she sees you like really sees you and knows who you are, right? And that just, it seems like the simplest, easiest thing, but when you've spent your whole life not being seen, it can mean so, so much. And yes. I, love, I love beautiful moments like that. What, what's one piece of advice that you would give to people
1: who are just starting their transition? I would remind them that when we were children, play was a part of how we experimented with our identity and figured out who we are. So I suggest that you be playful, be joyful, and give yourself time to discover who you are. As as a silly example, just before I took my first dose of HRT, I said to the tablets in my hand uh, to boldly go where no man has gone before, (laughs) which is the only appropriate time to use that gendered version of that statement. (laughs) Yes. But and it was silly, but it recognized that the mean of adventure was just beginning. Yeah. And so, yeah, be be playful like a child with your identity. Yeah, I think that's really great because, you know, I've
0: seen some people who have just come out and they think they have to know it all right away or they have to know what they want right away and you don't and it takes time to figure out and I think I've even mentioned before how it may change as you go along. And that's also perfectly Mm -hmm. fine. As long as you keep experimenting, or as you say, just play around, play with gender, play with clothes, and just see how they make you feel and what feels right to you. And I think that's a a really good way to find where you'll be happiest. This was something actually, I, I think I forgot to ask you last time, but where can people find you online if they would like more Mina after listening to these episodes?
1: All right. Well, the blog is at librarygirl.com with a dash between the words library and girl or minaoldom.com. So just my first and last name, which we will see the spelling in the show notes. Um, yeah. On t- Twitter, I'm at librarygirl. On Instagram, I'm at librarygirlmina. So yeah, come, come say hi and engage in bookish chatter with me, please.
0: You should because those library posts will warm your heart okay so what is a false dichotomy well a dichotomy is any two things presented as opposites left and right up and down a false dichotomy is a situation where those are the only two options presented or as they're presented as being mutually exclusive when that's not remotely the truth it's like going to your favorite mexican restaurant and your friend telling you they only have tacos and burritos maybe because that's all they like or all they've ever tried but the actual menu has enchiladas and quesadillas and tamales and tostadas and more. And that is, of course, a pretty benign, if culinarily cruel, that's hard to say, example. Uh, And this may seem obvious to a lot of you, and it is to me now, but our society loves false dichotomies because it's shorthand. It provides for a quick reference and everything is much easier for you to think about if there's only two options. But also because our entire society's predicated on the notion of the false cis binary matrix. There's A or Z and nothing in between. You can see my Trans Tuesday on TERFs, trans-exclusionary radical feminists. If you're not familiar, they're just bigoted people who believe everyone should be reduced under their genitals. But anyway, you can see from reference material in that Trans Tuesday that even biological sex isn't remotely confined to two options, not by a long shot. There's a lot of great science linked in there, so definitely have a look if you missed it. But today's topic isn't about sex or gender, at least not on the surface. I'm a woman, so some might see that as part of a binary choice. But I'm a trans woman, which is certainly not the same as a cis woman. Thus, I am outside the cisgender binary matrix of our society. Have you found other false dichotomies that you fall outside of Mina other than just gender?
1: Yes, definitely with ethnicity. But before I follow that, that I'm just going to note that in your Mexican restaurant example you didn't list mole con pollo chicken mole which is my favorite food oh i'm sorry i should have asked but 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 (laughs) no but that's but but that is another example of well i that's what i would want and it was not a or b right but with ethnicity i remember when forms both state and federal forms used to say choose just one and you'd be given a choice of white and in parentheses after white it would say not hispanic or non-hispanic and then another choice would be hispanic and in parentheses it would say non-white now my mother is mexican and is dark-skinned she cannot pass for white she's very clearly not white my father is 80 percent irish and is so white so here, here are all of these forms, like, you know, when I applied for college scholarships and grants, yeah. that I had to make a choice and I had to lie on government paperwork. You were, they forced you to lie to them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then there's the whole, was discussing this week on Twitter with my particular flavor of Jewish is Askenazi. And then there's, I asked. Men. It's like my my fellow Jews. Do I identify as white, not white? And it was beautiful in that everybody had a different answer of whether yeah. or not Jewish is even white. So definitely in my identity, there's a, I, I have been dealing with false dichotomies for decades.
0: The earliest I can remember, society's preference for false dichotomies happened pretty young when I was in grade school. And if any, place is about trying to put every kid into some neat little box that's sadly a lot of our public schools and childhoods. So let's just get it out there. I'm a nerd. I'm a giant, shining, sparkling, unrepentant nerd. You may have noticed. From the first time I understood what science fiction was, I was in love. I spent my time wrapped in Star Trek and Star Wars and every bit of sci-fi I could find. Fantasy II, I was deep into Dungeons and Dragons and a lot of other tabletop role-playing games, and I still am, and now Susan and I write for them. It's really cool.
2: It is cool.
0: Yeah, but even as a kid, I I would sometimes invent my own tabletop role-playing games on multiple occasions. I went to two different high schools, and at the first, I was on the competitive chess team, and I was pretty damn good. (laughs) I even have some unbelievable chess tournament stories I told you I was a nerd. But at my second high school, I was on the academic team. Ah, the academic team, the very name reeks of nerdiness. Damn, if you are unfamiliar with that, it's basically schools playing Jeopardy against each other. I was never good enough to make it to the main team rotation. My memory wasn't good or fast enough, but I loved it anyway. And I love video games and comic books long before they reached the mainstream cultural saturation that they have today and board games, and if there was anything kids thought of as nerdy, I was probably a big fan. And now that I've painted you a stunning picture of the depth of my geekitude, I'm going to throw a whole bucket of paint all over it because I also loved sports a lot, especially baseball. Not just in the nerdy aspect either, which baseball admittedly lends itself to with all of its entirely ludicrous and deep statistical tracking, which is maybe the only part of baseball that hardly interests me. Beyond batting average and ERA, I'm sorry, but I just don't care. But the sport itself, I loved. I played it every summer as a kid in Little League, and I couldn't wait for it to start up every year. I honestly can't remember if I was that good or not. I remember a couple of amazing plays I made that stuck with me, but that doesn't tell you much. I also played soccer, and this one I know I was pretty good at. I played tennis and volleyball, and I loved volleyball. It was maybe the sport I was best at. And I was on the track and cross-country teams. And I was so dismayed to find out my first high school, which was really huge, did not have a volleyball team. Or actually, they did, but it was only for girls, not for boys. That definitely didn't help my pining to be the girl I always felt I was.
1: By the way, just tossing in some sympathy. My high school also yeah. only had a girls' volleyball team. Yeah, and I grew up on islands. That part of being a Navy brat, and sure. so beach volleyball is just part of our culture. So it's like, wait a minute, this is the only sport I want to play, and you won't let me <laughs> because you say I'm not a girl. Yeah, oh. it was uh. rough and very unfair. My second high school
0: had a boys volleyball team, I think, but I can't remember now because by then I was already giving up on sports. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because I was never, ever a jock. The jocks never thought I was, and they were all basically jerks to me, so I never wanted to be one anyway. They knew I was into nerdy stuff because I didn't hide it, and they made me suffer for it. So in my first high school freshman year, I went to the baseball tryouts, and I was so excited. I was number 66, I still remember because we had to have it on our shirts and I ruined a perfectly good shirt by drawing it on in Sharpie, all fancy. I'd never been really attached to any numbers like a lot of other athletes were, but now maybe I would because this was my number, the one that got me into high school baseball and then maybe college baseball and who knows, maybe I'd be good enough to go pro someday. (laughs) I was a kid, you know, this is how you think. Mm -hmm. So the day of tryouts came and it rained. Well, no big deal, they'll just shift it to another day, right? No. Again, the school was huge. I don't know if it was logistical or the baseball program was just run by dickheads, but they went ahead with it indoors. They moved it into the huge gymnasium. We did stretches and got warmed up and then what? What the hell are they going to do? We were in a gym. You can't play baseball in a high school gym, even a big one. So they lined us up and hit us some ground balls and judged us on how well we fielded them. No, I don't know about you, but I played baseball on dirt and grass. I was a kid. I'd never played on an artificial surface before, much less a hard wooden floor that nobody in their right mind would ever play baseball on. Yes, I'm still sensitive about it. So the coach hit the ball and I missed it entirely. I wasn't even close because I had no idea how a ball would bounce off a polished wooden floor and it went away I didn't expect. And that was it. Failed that test. Off you went. Done. That was my entire tryout for the team. There were probably hundreds of kids there. I know they had to cut the field down somehow, but come on. That's so unfair. So to say I was heartbroken was an understatement, and the jocks all laughed because they somehow did fine. How? I don't know. What dark magic did they use to get their ground balls to bounce right toward them while mine skewed at a 75-degree angle? I'm really bitter about this. But maybe I wasn't actually good enough to make the team, and that'd be fine. But I never even got to find out. Everyone said it was because I was a nerd and just not cut out for sports despite my love for them and having played baseball all my life. And the awful, sickening thing is that I believed them because it wasn't just the jocks telling me that, was it? Society says you're a jock or you're a nerd or maybe someone who's neither, but nobody is both. That's not how it works. Have there been ways that the false dichotomy uh, prevented you
1: from doing things that you wanted, Mina? Oh, wow. Um question I wasn't prepared for um I'm sorry it's a surprise well the obvious ways are in gender ways sure I mean god I was well the first time I got in trouble with the gender police I was seven and my friend group was all girls and I wasn't performing by boy right so there was a false gender dichotomy because again it was jocks versus nerds in that yeah, you know, there was a group that went out for recess. At recess or lunchtime, you could go out to the playground or you could go into the library. And I didn't realize that everybody who went into the library was a girl. And that got me in trouble with because they thought I should be going out to the playground. Wow. Yeah. And like a year later, there was a negotiation with my parents that I failed when I wanted ballet lessons. And it was yeah, that's not a thing boys do. Oh. I got oh. gymnastics lessons instead, so it turned out sort of okay. But I guess most of my false dichotomy things in life have been over gender and being limited, you know, told I can't do the things I want to do or the things that I love because society read me as a boy. Yeah, and and I I just if we invent time travel, I want to go back in time and give little Tilly the biggest hug that made the baseball tryouts
0: (laughs) what about you Susan has has that impacted you as a cis lady were there still things that they said that you couldn't do that you wanted to do
2: not really but I feel like I wasn't exposed to things that I would have really loved
0: that's definitely part of it
2: so like what the worst one that I uh, think about is Maybe like seven or eight years ago, I was working at Warner Brothers and I joined the gym there. Yeah. And I started powerlifting. Yeah. And it was like, and you loved it. I I love powerlifting. Yeah. But I also have an autoimmune disease that causes joint issues. And some of the powerlifting exercises are too hard on my joints, no matter what I do. Right. So I felt like, I wished I had found it earlier in my life because
0: you would have had more time with it.
2: I would have had more time to enjoy it, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, but you, right, but girls weightlifting is not something that is ever brought up to kids.
2: Yeah, and it's like, so it's grounding. It's like meditation. You have to pay attention or you're going to injure injure yourself. You have to be mindful of every single little thing you're doing. So, yeah. That's a big one for me that hurts.
0: I was I was well into adulthood before I got fed up and re-embraced my love of sports right alongside my nerdiness. And that happened long before I figured out I was trans, but it feels like it was a big part of it. Because I had to get to a point where I believed society was wrong and could go screw itself and I was going to like whatever I liked. Relatedly, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Don't believe that crap. Just like what you like. Who cares what anyone else thinks? unless your guilty pleasure is like bigotry or murder. In that case, no, maybe don't embrace those. But once you notice false dichotomies, you begin seeing them everywhere. Men are muscular, women are soft, except no, men can be soft and women can be muscular. Look, you tie, we tied it right into what you were saying. I'm a muscular woman. I've always dug ladies with muscles, but society isn't often kind to them, is it? For more on that, see the Trans Tuesday on Body Hacking, episode nine of this very podcast, and all the ways every human does it, and how for me a big part of that was using exercise to reshape my body. So I bucked the trend there too. I do the same with my taste in music. Well, wait, you can like real rock or you can like fluffy pop, not both, right? No, screw that. I like Journey and The Rolling Stones, Guns N' Roses, Fall Out Boy, all time low. I love Muse and The Pretty Reckless and ACDC, but I also like Taylor Swift and Lizzo, Dua Lipa, Lady Gaga, Rihanna, Carly Rae Jepsen, I love Ariana Grande and the Chicks. In thinking about it, I've wondered if this is also why my favorite artists are Pink and Queen, because both of them can rock the hell out, and both can also go light and poppy and experiment with all kinds of styles in between. They defy convention. They won't be put into neat little boxes, and that speaks to me a lot. Pink, specifically as a woman, has had to deal with the music industry that tried to change her and didn't understand her. She had an extended moment in her beautiful trauma tour a few years ago, a video package during an extensive costume change that covered her talking to her young daughter about this, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. The first time that I saw that bit in 2018, it was like a jolt that shook me awake. I think it was that concert and possibly that exact moment where I first truly felt everything would be okay if I transitioned. There's a Trans Tuesday about that coming up. But Pink's and Queen's songs and voices speak to me the most. But I don't think I can discount how important it is to see part of myself reflected in the ways they value their own creative expression and the way they will be whoever the hell they want to be, no matter what anyone says. Well, have you found things, Amina, that you love specifically because they fall outside of the false
1: dichotomy and false binary of things, things that you love for their unapologetic uniqueness? Uh, I see this a lot in fandom, where certain things are held up at certain times as what everyone is supposed to love.
0: Yeah. You're either
1: a fan of book or movie series X or Y, not both, and not yeah. series Z. I mean, growing up, I remember it was the either Star Wars or Star Trek. Yeah. And then J.J. Abrams. There's still a lot of and, that out there. But but I think that J.J. Abrams directing one of each yeah. helped kill that? Uh, maybe a little.
0: I Well, I, the internet is so different now than it was even 10 years ago. It's hard to say, Yeah, but, I mean, I still see a lot of star trek or star wars people thinking that one is vastly superior. i mean you can like one more than the other that's totally fine but playing them off off as a dichotomy is as if it's either one or the other and there's a lot of that with marvel and dc too especially the movies
2: right it's like people desperately want to do that they do they want to define people and it's
1: like if you're at a con and this conversation happens in person the person who i feel sorry for is the one who goes I like both of those, but actually Stargate is my jam because both (laughs) Star Wars and Star Trek people are going to turn on them. Yeah. There's also just a, with, with sexuality, it's, I was recently reading, um, the, the princess and the scoundrel, which starts the night Return of the Jedi ends and goes through Leia and Han's marriage and, and honeymoon. And while reading the book, I was crushing on both of them, Leia Mm -hmm. and Han. And I've had both, it's usually either straight men or lesbian women who feel like I should choose just one gender to have crushes on. And yeah, yeah, no, no, that's too limiting. So men, women, cute non-binary librarians. (laughs) (laughs) I am into cute non-binary
0: librarians, let me tell you. Well, all of this is just to say, that you can like sports and sci-fi. You can like rock and pop. You can like buff ladies and soft boys and every type of human in between. You can like leather and lace, hot and cold, being indoors and outdoors, the sky and the sea. Don't buy into the false dichotomy. It's all bullshit. Don't let society tell you who you are or what you can or cannot like. Be you, whoever that might be, even if that means casting off every single label society has saddled you with including the gender you were assigned at birth rock on friends tilly bridges and transmission tilly's trans tuesdays is hosted by tilly bridges and susan bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Gillian morgan special thanks to daisy and jane for the use of sorry not sorry as our show's theme music please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at Tilly at mastodon.social, at facebook.com slash Bridges, and on Insta at heck yeah, Tilly Bridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at TillysTransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.
2: I'm definitely Thunder, though, that's for sure. (laughs)